0: Today, we're going to experience a true living picture of what we're talking about. Uh, I'm not going to preach today because someone greater than me is going to preach. We have a young tree that's going to preach. His name is Clay Barnett, preaching to us for the first time in church uh, in his Christian walk. And I am so thrilled beyond words that this is happening because this is what God has called us to. And uh, I, I just want you to see today not someone who's filling in for Steve so we can get some writing done. This is who we are. This is, this is what it's all about for, for as we're, we talked about last year, uh, last um, uh, week, uh, bigger trees, giving birth to smaller trees, and just, re- just celebrating the fact that, uh, that these younger trees are, are coming. I have looked for so long. And if you've been in church for any amount of time, uh, and uh, you, this doesn't excite you or bring tears to your eyes of seeing young trees grow up in a church, being discipled, young Timothys and whatever the female version, Tim, Timothets are. <laughs> young men and women being discipled one-to-one and being poured into. It is, it is truly, truly thrilling. So Clay Barnett, the, the, the uh, sensitivity and, and tenderness of a lamb, and the boldness of a lion, and uh, I'm so thrilled, Clay, that you're going to preach to us today.
1: Don't clap. I haven't said anything yet. You have no idea how, how bad it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am very excited. I'm very nervous. I'm not going to lie, um, but I'm excited that I could at least uh, as a side side of a product that Steve can finish this process of exchange because it has been a long time coming if you've been around for any amount of time. And uh, it's, it's cool to be a part of it at least. Um, some ground rules, not ground rules, but just some common uh, common knowledge that should be thrown out there. I'm a crier. Um, <laughs> are there any other crying men in here that cry a lot? It's okay. Raise your hands, Tom. Raise your hand. I know you're crying. <laughs> There's a shame crying men in here. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that my dad, when I was birthed from my mom, had like an onion right there and had the Hallmark Channel playing or something because every time there's something like sensitive or really cheesy, I cry. So I cry. Fair warning. Um, <laughs> and I just want you guys to let me know if that's okay or not. Um, also, I'm, I'm nervous enough to the fact that I have no idea how you guys are going to take this, um, if it's going to connect with you, so I made myself a sign. Um, If at any given point, I I pull this out, I need you to listen. Let's practice. Can you guys see it over there? That's so weak. I need something better than that. Yes. All right, so when we edit the podcast, can you put that at the end? That would be really cool. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, the, the easiest way for me to start this thing is to talk about myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Clayton Bell Barnett, Yes, my middle name is Bell. Just get over it, and that's what it is. Um, I was born uh, on February tenth, 1988. Uh, My parents are uh, Shay and Barry Barnett. They usually sit right in the second row, first service. Um, I have one brother, uh, Wes, and my older sister, Kelly, and my little sister, Leah. Um, That's it. That's all I can remember. That's about it. (laughs) Hang on. I blanked out for a second there. Um, Most people know me by... uh, my hobbies. If anybody um, knows me enough, they know that I'm defined by all the stuff that I like to do, um, such as fishing. Fishing is my life. Um, you can go throw that picture up there. That'd be awesome. This is what I think about about 24 hours a day. Um, I dream about it. Those are redfish. Eat your heart out, guys. Um, it's, that was a good night. Um, I think about fishing all the time. I grew up fishing, and uh, it's just something that I love. Um, also, I have a really strange hobby of disc golf. Anybody ever played any Frisbee golf in here? Can I get some hands in the air? We need some participation. Who like? Who still plays? The band. <laughs> the band plays. <laughs> it's a requirement to be in the band. You have to play disc golf. And it's just kind of an odd, but really addictive and fun sport. And um, So anyways, I also have a very odd and uh, probably unhealthy relationship with the Jeep brand. Um... This was, this was my, uh, in high school, this is what I did in my spare time. I tried to destroy my parents' investment um, of that black Jeep on the left, um, just put it through as much mud as possible, but I failed. So I sold that one, and I bought another, or my wife actually bought me one for my birthday. That's this guy right here. This was Red Rover. Um, That's a 73 CJ5 that I loved, but it was dangerous and very scary, even for me. Um, currently, Ginger is my project. This is the next one. This is what she looks like about half the time um yep and that's um it's been a labor of love um (laughs) it's a love hate more thing than anything else but um on a completely unrelated note if any of you guys are looking for a cj5 project i i might make you a good deal on one totally unrelated it's not that one it is that one um (laughs) but um yeah so i'm probably going to keep buying those and i don't know why um also uh i love the rays i'm a tampa bay rays fan um Anybody else? Can we get some support? They needed this. They needed this season. I wasn't very excited at all. It's going to turn around, guys. It's going to be okay. I have two hats. Um, this is my work hat on the left, and the one on the right is my formal wear hat. If I have any like business parties or anything, I go. I have to go to. I wear my business race hat. So I'm, I'm, I'm a prepared race fan. Um, and obviously, uh, I love music. I've been playing music basically my entire life. My grandparents uh, played, my mom uh, sang, and it's just kind of part of who my family is. Um, I started. This is not sixth grade, but I started playing trumpet in sixth grade. Somebody asked me, he's like you had a beard in sixth grade?" <laughs> puberty just punched me right in the face. Um, <laughs> are we allowed to say puberty on Sundays? <laughs> that just happened. Yes. All right. But um, I played all through middle school. I did a lot of jazz and a lot of, um, no pun intended, I actually did play jazz. And uh, I did a lot of orchestrals in the Kilties here at Riverview. And um, somewhere in high school, I learned how to play guitar and sing. Still learning how to do that. But um, yeah, so it's just kind of who I am. A couple other things just before we move on. Um, I just bought a house that is, uh, for lack of better words, um, in really bad shape. Um, because I'm learning how to remodel. Um, this is basically my only trade here on Sunday mornings. It doesn't really play out in the rest of real life. Like on Tuesday, I can't really make any money doing it. So unless you guys want me to pay, you'll come to your house and play some music for you. Um, but so I picked up a, we picked up a house and we we're remodeling and remodeling with my brother. And I know what most of you are thinking, is he good? He has a beard. He should be good at, um, just from appearance sake. And the answer is, uh, yeah, i absolutely terrible at it. So do not call me for that unless you want something destroyed or demolished. Um, I'm actually pretty good at that. Um, I've been leading worship for about 10 years now. The last five have been at 360, which totally blows my mind. Um, for those of you who've been around for any amount of time, it's it, it flies. But um, it's been cool to grow and see uh, 360 grow, and um, in not just in number, but in character, and uh, being able to be a part of that, the vision of what we're trying to do. Um, so we're just going to cut to the chase. What most people know me about isn't my hobbies or my house or anything like that. It's for one thing. This is a picture earlier. Right here. My sunglasses. I'm just kidding. My beard. This literally has become my name. This is, uh, like uh, the youth group affectionately calls me the beard or the bearded wonder or something like that. I don't know. John Carrico coined it. And I, I, I don't know why I have it. Most people say, Hey, yo, what's up with the beard? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. I have no idea. <laughs> so I just kind of do it. It's kind of gross. Um, it's really gross. Oh, that picture is in way too high definition. Um, But it's kind of just become my thing. Uh, It's become who I am, and people see that before they see anything else, and sometimes that's all they see. Um, So anyways, when you have kind of an obnoxious uh, facial trait like that, I'm just going to call it what it is, um, you can't help but run into people that say, hey, have you ever seen this show? or ever seen this? Blah, blah, blah. Duck Dynasty is the of course, all of you think that every week. That's all you can think of when we're in worship is Duck Dynasty. Um I get that a lot. And just for fun, I tell people I've never heard of it. It kind of confuses them. Um, another one. Anybody watch any mixed martial arts, any um this stuff? That's right, because it's boring. Good answer. <laughs> Sorry, I never understood why this is entertaining. This is Johnny Hendricks. I've gotten this guy a couple times. People think that uh, I look like him. I kind of see it. He's got the receding hairline and the beard, and it's good. And he's really, really jacked, so I get it. Um, uh, another one I've gotten recently is Eric Young from uh, Off the Hook. Or he's got a couple of different TV shows going on on Discovery Channel. Yeah, that's exciting. It's the most exciting thing the rest of the morning. There we go. I've gotten that a couple of times. He's also jacked and has a beard, so I understand. Um, I get a lot of TV, TV personality, guys. Um, what's the next one you got up there? Oh, yeah. Anybody know what... Cr- why are you laughing? Why is my wife laughing? This is before I met you. This is what I looked like. <laughs> Anybody into uh, know what CrossFit is or into CrossFit? Or Stephanie Haynes? I know you. You talked about it, haven't you? Never mind. Sorry. Never mind. I tried. So okay, this is like this guy is kind of like one of the the patriarchs of the sport. But um, that's my goal right there. Um, what else you got up there? Oh yeah, this one happens all the time. I have people walk up to me and go, like that's what they do. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Can you tell me what that means? Did I look familiar to any of you older folk that knows Easy Top? Okay, that wasn't totally off? (laughs) Exciting. What I want to know is which one I look more like, the skinnier one or the chubbier one, but it's okay. Or the drummer, either way. But, um, uh, I'm actually a lot older than than I look. I'm actually more like 170 years old. I've also been confused with um, Stonewall Jackson. Um, which kind of is creepy a little bit? I see it. Um, <laughs> that's really weird. Um, my eye doctor actually a couple months ago. I was in. I was sitting down in the chair and I was really uncomfortable because I felt like he was staring at me. Because he was. They're like. <laughs> but he just. He didn't say anything for a while. I was like, "Are you from the south?" And I was like, "I don't know. Maybe I think so." He goes, "You look just like Stonewall Jackson. Are you related?" I'm like, "Maybe. I'll just say yeah." So anyways, that's that's cool. But anyways, the, the question you guys are all wondering was is was I born with the beard? Have I always had a beard? No, anybody? Why'd you lie? I was. I pulled that one out of the archives. I told you, puberty, man, it's just crazy. I think my mom almost threw up for a service and she saw that. That's like one of our beloved kid pictures of clay and I just destroyed it. <laughs> and take it down. All right, so that's basically all you need to know about me. That's that's to kind of give you a little... little uh... That is very good. Very good. Thank you. That's really cool. All right, so that's enough about me. I'm going to kind of hit the brakes, and we're going to go a different direction at this point. Um, if you wouldn't mind, let's pray together. God, we come to you in prayer a lot this morning, but it's it's not out of habit, it's not out of just doing it for the sake of doing it. Father, we do it because we seek guidance. We seek insight. Holy Spirit, we invite you to stay with us and speak to us through your word. I pray that you give me words to speak now, that your spirit would speak louder than anything that I could say. God, that my heart would shine through, that your heart would be evident. God, that after this, we would look a lot more like you, that we would become more like you because of your word. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. That's always a good idea. It's kind of a weird start. So thanks for playing ball with me. If you have your Bibles this morning, please turn to Mark chapter 10. Who's got their Bibles this morning? It's kind of a cool thing. If you have an iPad or an iPhone, that's cool. It's all good. Um, just don't go on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. Over here, guys. All right. Um, we're going to go over a story that is probably really super familiar to most of you if you've been around the church for any amount of time. Uh, it's a story about a young guy, a young man, who had everything pretty much together. He had everything, all the rules down. He had all the commandments down, um, crossed every T, dotted every I. It was pretty much almost blameless. Um, but Jesus rocked his world one day. Um, if, if you've already seen it, uh, it's the story of the rich young man or the rich young ruler. That's typically the title that's right above it. So um, we're going to crack right into it. Um, And first of all, we're going to call him Rich. So I don't call him the rich young man every 20 seconds. It is Rich. Is there there a Rich in the room this morning? Rich, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about this guy. All right, there's one in first service too. Like, why is he being so mean to me? All right, this is about the rich young ruler. Um, So if you would, please, verse 17 of chapter 10 of Mark. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And before we even go any further, I just want to share some stuff that I've gotten out of this. Um, there, there's a lot of context, even within this sentence, a lot of assumptions that we can we can make before we even go any further forward. Um, the stories of the rich young ruler, the rich young man, rich. He had a lot of money. He was wealthy. In that culture, it was super um, undignified. It was kind of taboo for a rich guy to run. And we find from the outset, as Jesus was walking, a man ran up to him. So we know from the get-go this guy is undignified. It, he His wealth, he's laying aside like everybody knows it, and he's just running. He doesn't care. The other thing we see is that it's it's actually in broad daylight. Um, Jesus is in the middle of his ministry healing people, and he just got done blessing a big group of kids. Um, um, sorry, I just got a weird picture of somebody like ribbon-cutting and kissing a baby. But he was kind of doing that. He was kind of going... Thank you. Um, that's going to get old, like, really fast, isn't it? <laughs> but no, um, the other context is it's in broad daylight. He's around a bunch of people, and this guy obviously does not care about what he looks like. He's already running, and he's doing it in broad daylight. There's other guys in the New Testament that have asked Jesus a very similar question. Um, we talked about Nicodemus a couple weeks ago, a teacher of the law who came to Jesus at night because he was ashamed of what it might look like that he's going to Jesus. Um, There's another time in the New Testament when there's a lawyer that tests him with the same question, um, and he's doing it to test him. It's with bad motives. Um, But we see just from the outset, this guy is running in broad daylight straight to Jesus looking for answers. And the last important thing we see is that he fell on his knees before him. I mean, if he's not already undignified by running, he just is prostrate in front of him. And uh, it's just a different picture than what I have in my head. If I don't read it all, it's just like, for whatever reason, I see this kind of smug, arrogant, rich guy. I don't know, does anybody else feel that way when they just read it? You don't have to, it's okay. Um, but when I do, it's kind of from the offset, I, I see that. Uh, but this shows a completely different picture. So let's let's keep going through. Um, his first question is, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Um, and a lot of times we kind of pigeonhole that, and we kind of categorize that. When you think of eternal life, 99% of us probably think immediately of the afterlife. Um, and that's absolutely a part of it. And even quantity-wise, it's most of it. Um, this life we have here is so small and so short. But um, in John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus is praying to God, and he redefines eternal life for us. It's not about after we die. Jesus says this. He goes, This is eternal life, that they, us here, may know you, God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So when Jesus answers this question um, that the rich young ruler asks him, he's not giving him an answer of, hey, how do I get to heaven? That's not how Jesus is seeing it. Jesus sees right now, as soon as you surrender your life to Christ, you begin eternal life. We, we've mentioned all the time during worship that we sing with all of heaven and all of creation that we believe that it's, it's for eternity, that it's happening right now. So when we give our lives to Christ and we make him the Lord of our life, that happens right now. Eternal life is now. We experience eternal life through Christ. So um, before we go on, I just wanted to kind of highlight those things for you, that this guy, this rich young ruler, is not smug or arrogant. Rich is unashamed. He's unhindered in his heart, and he's undignified, which is something that was very uh, not typical. So let's keep going. Mark ten seventeen. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. It's how Jesus responds, which just in a in a quick way is Jesus' way of saying, Hey, God's the only one who's good, and that's me. So it's he kinda just throws it out there for him. It's kind of a quick little snippet, but that's what that is. Um So verse 19, uh, you know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. These are both Jewish men that grew up obedient uh, Jews. They know the Ten Commandments. The fact that Jesus gives this to this man can almost be like a smack in the face because this guy's looking for more. Um, He's looking for more of an answer than what he already knows. So in all sincerity and all uh, confidence the rich young man answers back in verse 20 he says teacher he declared to jesus all these things i have kept since i was a boy he was confident for good reason we i mean there's no reason to believe that he didn't keep all the rules he was an outstanding jewish man um there's nothing else to it he's answering the question there's no qualms about it so um I feel like there might be a lot of riches in this room this morning. I, I include myself in that. That I feel like they followed all the rules and lived a good, you know, Christian life and lived a virtuous life, or they didn't really stray either way, but kind of tried to keep everything, you know, virtuous. But um, the, the next verse is where I really, really want to camp out on, um, and it's verse twenty-one. And it's, it's something that I've breezed over so many times, and I've heard it, even when I hear it preached, I, I still don't think about what it means. So this morning, I hope it brings a little bit of light to you. Verse 21, Jesus' response is earth-shattering. It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And one thing you lack. The compassion of Christ is in full high definition right now. From Again, from just reading at service level, it feels like Jesus just might be picking on this guy. Because um, then in verse 21, he goes, Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me, and just to let you know where my mind wanders immediately when I read this. Kinda, I'm, I'm, I'll i just say for the record, I'm glad I'm not Jesus. I'm glad I'm not God. You guys should be happy I'm not. Bree, you should be really happy that I'm not. Um but uh, Jesus didn't see it how I would see it. I would see it as, okay, here's this rich guy running up to me. There's this big show going on. Like, okay, we get it. And he comes up and he says, what can I do to get eternal life? From the offset, my in my head, I'm thinking this is just some arrogant rich guy that wants a free ticket to heaven. Um, and so d- just for the sake of getting him off his back, he just says, hey, why don't you go sell everything you have? Then you can follow me. You know, that's not the actual tone that's happening here, but that's kind of my mindset. There's a lot of humility and a lot of compassion in this story that I often breeze over. Um, so when Jesus looked into his eyes, he loved him. That's such an interesting line to me. Um any of you guys, I don't know if it's like a skill that women have or something. I don't know. They can just look into your eyes and know what you're thinking. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of really creepy and really weird. But it's, of all people, Jesus could do this. He could look into this guy's eyes and see his heart for what it was worth. He knew that he followed all the commands. He knew he did all the right things. But Jesus looked into his heart and he saw his name. He saw what defined him you guys have a, whoever has a Bible in here is there a little subheading above uh, the verse 17 like the story what does it say that's one of them too thank you the rich rich young ruler rich young man one of the two this that was this dude's name his name is rich it's not just some random guy it's not just some dude this literally was his name and what he was known for. It had become his identity. Jesus looked right into his eyes and saw his heart above his actions, above all the commandments that he kept and he saw what was actually on his heart and it wasn't Yahweh. Moses in Deuteronomy 6 chapter 5 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. These words I don't think were forgotten. I think that as an obedient and good Jewish man, the rich young ruler, rich, knew these words, like the back of his hand. These were words to be lived by. Every single law, every command that there was, fell under this. So when Jesus looks him in the eye, both eyes, and loves him, he sees that Yahweh isn't written across his heart. He sees dollar signs. And it's something that, I don't know, maybe there's there's something in your in your life this morning that you've got written on your heart, uh, You you've you know, followed all the rules, but there's something else that defines you that you haven't really thought about surrendering to Christ. Um, you guys remember the songs we just finished singing. The first, the second song we sang was joyful, which is a takeoff of Beethoven's third, but the bridge is Jesus. You are my rescue. I give you everything I have. Like, man, we sing those words so quickly and like, you know, clap along and, you know, just make it happen. But Jesus, I give you everything I have. That's, all-inclusive, and it's kind of a heavy thought to pass over. Um, This morning we sang, um, Pursuit, strip everything away until all I have is you. Who really wants that this morning? I mean, like, we want that deep within, but when we think tangibly. When we walk out the door, it's like, strip everything away until all I have is you. It's kind of just a super sobering thought. Um, We sing so flippantly sometimes, and I just want to ask you, do you mean it when you sing it? Um, just as kind of like a sidebar, I'll challenge you guys, when we sing again, if words aren't true, if you don't think that it's true or it doesn't resonate with you, don't sing them at all. Because these are commitments, and these are the actual, should be from your heart. So if there's a lyric that you just can't commit to or you don't want to commit to, just pray in that moment, um, just as a little side note. But um, I hope you're convicted by the words that you sing. Um, as your worship pastor, every Sunday, um, I'm scared sometimes to sing what I sing. I'm like, what if somebody actually held me accountable to this? It's kind of a a really intimidating thought. But Moses, who wrote those words in Deuteronomy, was adored by the Jewish nation. We even look at him as a patriarch of our faith. And this rule is not an unfamiliar one for any of us, especially not for Rich. Rich's definition was his wealth. It was his name. If you read on the story, he went away sad. In some translations, it actually says he grieved because he wasn't willing to do what Christ asked him to do. He exchanged knowing Christ and having eternal life for something that fades away and dies. He didn't have Yahweh written on his heart. He had dollar signs. So this morning, I'm going to bring it down home for you. A couple months ago, youth group, um, I, I play for the youth group as well Wednesday nights. We have like 80 to 100 kids, uh, which is incredible. Still, have, we that's that many kids that are all learning to be relational, learning to be mature and complete as christ wants us to be and uh we spend about 20 30 minutes doing games sometimes more sometimes less but um one week somebody had the idea of of just encouraging each other and at first it was like okay whatever that sounds cool but the way we did it was we taped a piece of paper to everybody's back you guys remember that right yeah, so we taped a piece of paper to everybody's back. Everybody had a pen and for like 20 25 minutes we walked around just writing things that we loved about that person or wrote one thing that we that stuck out about that person. I you know we finished up, did worship, had a message I went home, folded the thing up, put it in my pocket and uh, when I got home before I went to bed, I you know unraveled it totally forgot about it and I was so disappointed um, with the stuff that was on my sheet. Be really honest with you. Um, it was I wasn't disappointed because there was nothing on it. There was no blank space left on it. Everybody wrote something. Um, I wasn't upset or disappointed because somebody wrote something mean or you know mean hearted. It was because from this piece of paper, my name was known. Above everything else, my name was known. This is what it looks like. And I have it here today. Still, I can't get rid of it. It kind of haunts me. To be honest and I'll just say this is nothing against the youth group whatsoever. This is this is my doing. If you hit the next the next slide, this is what I see throughout the entire thing. There's nothing about from the kids that, you know, you really make me want to be better. You want me to make me want to grow and be more like Christ. It's it's this. This is what you see. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, really, I'm deeply sorry. We sing the same songs on Sunday mornings that we sing on Wednesday nights about giving Christ everything we have, about looking like Him. When people see us, what do they see? And this was just eye-opening. There's some, there's a couple other ones that are nice, you know, that are like, thanks for leading us in worship. I appreciate that. It was really cool. Um, somebody said, you make good coffee. Um, I don't know who I make coffee for. Was that you, Harrison? You're welcome. Um, but... This is what people see. And it just broke my heart. And I can't get rid of it. I always go back to it. My name is known by these kids. They can't see the name Yahweh in my heart a lot of times because all I can see is my face, and that's my fault. I've lived a really super obedient, compliant Christian life the last 26 years. And that's not to pat myself on the back. That's not to... I'm not into that at all. It's just, I've never been interested in straying off and chasing the shiny sin that the world has to offer. I just, I've been content in the church. I'm still content and I'm learning more about Christ. Um, But I followed all the commands like rich. I still do. And I bank on that. I put a lot of weight on my actions and the stuff I do. But my heart. Doesn't have Yahweh written on people, don't always see that. I'm not saying this for everybody, but at least for the youth group tonight. This is what you see is beard. I've walked the straight and narrow. You didn't even say I run the straight and narrow, straight to Christ. Fell at his knees. Say, What must I do to inherit eternal life? What can I do to have more life? And he gets it out of the way, he gets sin out of the way. He says, Hey, you know all these commandments, and you're like, Yeah, 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 I got that. I think it's important that he does that first, but it's not the whole deal. It's obvious that we should we should fight sin and we should fight temptation and fight against the devil. It's a real thing. But that's such a small part of it. I fall on Christ's knees. He looks me in the eye and he loves me. He says, one thing you lack. This morning, I'm just be honest with you. The, He looks him in the eye and says, you care too much about the approval of people. You care too much about this. Don't clap, please. You care too much about getting affirmation from people and, and feeling like they accept you. This has no place. I've created you perfectly, Christ would say. Why are you worrying about what people think about you or if they care about what you say? As long as you're following me, what matters? He says, get rid of it. Go sell everything you have. Christ has also said to me several times, You spend way too much time on social media. You spend way too much time on Facebook, Instagram, not Facebook anymore, but Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, whatever. And it's all centered around how many people like your picture, how many people approve and, and really like you. It's like, I created your inmost being, I formed you in the depths. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made in my image. Why are you trying to get other people just to hit a dumb button to say they like you? Get rid of it. Delete it. Kill it. Destroy it. Whatever it is. I'm not checking my text messages, by the way. Christ looks me in the eye. He says, you care too much about what you look like. There's no room for dignity in the kingdom of God. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. We can have confidence in Christ, but as far as caring about what we look like on the outside, that has nothing to do with it on the surface level. You care too much about your hair. I don't know if anything's coming together for you guys. That's where my hair went this morning. You care too much about your beard. That is your name. Your name is beard. Why do people call you beard above everything else? What is your point? Why are you doing this? Get rid of it. That's what I'm going to do. This is not for shock factor. This is not for. This is not for. Toot my own horn or anything like that. This is credibility. Steve has taught credibility at this church, and he's lived it. I'll I'll get back to that. But it's he set up something for us. He set up a model for us. If we say that we're about something, if we say that we're going to do something, then we should do it. If we say that we are who we are in Christ, if there's anything that gets in the way of that, strip everything away so all I have is you. Let it not be said in me that I withheld anything from you, including your facial hair. It's silly, right? Is it silly? No, okay. (laughs) So I'm going to do it. I need some help because I'll hurt myself. This This has been a while. Don't stab me. He's really nervous. We didn't practice this. She doesn't want to cut my throat. This is a picture. This isn't meant to be cheesy. This isn't meant to bring attention to myself. This is meant to bring credibility. What I sing on Sunday mornings means something. When people see me, I don't want them to see beard. No longer, guys. Sorry. I don't want them to see that. I want them to see Christ. These words that I sing, let's go all the way. Let's do it. So everyone can see, undignified. It's been a while. I don't know what it looks like under there. might find some birds or something. You're doing a really good job, by the way. Think of the words that we've saying this morning. Strip everything away, till all I have is you. Let it not be said of me that I withheld anything from you. I surrender all, all to Jesus, my blessed Savior. All to you, I freely give. Do I look undignified enough? Good. That's good. Thank you. What is it in your life that defines you? I don't want to be beard. I'm sorry that's it's kind of shallow, and it's kind of um I put a lot of effort into leading genuine worship on Wednesday nights. I hope you guys know that, and I hope you appreciate that um but I don't want you to see that. I want you to see Christ when I talk about it i want to, I want you to know that everything nothing is off limits. And we talk about following Christ and carrying your cross and giving him everything. That means everything. We're not stopping at the Ten Commandments and sin. Like, are you reading your Bible every day or are you praying? We're talking about your looks, the way you spend your time. Maybe this morning there's a relationship you're in. Not married. Married people stay married. Um, But if you're single and you're dating someone, it's like you're following all the rules. You're doing everything you're supposed to do. But you say, Christ, this is mine. Like, I say you can have everything, but that doesn't really include this. Maybe that's you this morning. I know I get to step on toes because I'm up here. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm not doing it just for the sake of it. I know so many believers that watch the worst movies, like the most garbage, and listen to the worst music and talk about it and joke about it like it's nothing, that fill their heads with trash and laugh about it like it's no big deal. Maybe that's something you should surrender to Christ or at least investigate. Maybe this morning the story of the rich young ruler is actually a really uncomfortable one for you because you're defined by your wealth. You're defined by your job. You're a big businessman, you're you just, or whatever. Maybe that's something that when you say God, you can have everything. That means you have your checkbook when he asks you to do something. Maybe he's asking you to sell everything and give it to the poor. I don't know. That'd be pretty crazy if you did though. It'd be awesome. But what is it for you this morning? Don't let this be just a publicity stunt. That's, this is representation of what every one of us has. <clears throat> there's something. There's always something. Last week we talked about growth and how Christians are kind of statistically bad at growing. Say, say it in no other way. We work on the three shades, the red, green, and blue, or red, yellow, and blue, You know, like praying and reading your Bible and evangelizing and being virtuous. What about your courage, Are you a courageous person? Do you tell people about Christ when he asks you to? Are you scared to stand up for yourself? Do you talk too much about yourself? Are you that guy who just cannot let anybody else talk, and all you can do is talk about your own stories and your own benefits, your own uh, everything you've earned and how good you are? Maybe you're the guy or the girl that talks too much about somebody else, where it's gossip, it's all just really tangible things that that are so subtle that we pass over. What is it for you this morning? What is your name? Are you known as gossip? Are you known as Instagram addict? You know, whatever. Got one more picture for you this morning. Um, so out of this sheet, I can't be completely unfair. Um, like I said, there were some encouraging ones on here, um, but the, the theme of it was your beard. And um, there was one comment on there that that. Broke my heart in a good way. It says, you inspired me to love God more. I cried a lot more for service than I did this time. I'm very grateful. <laughs> you know who this was? This wasn't a kid in the youth group. This is my friend Joel Farabee. They wrote this. But guess what? Joel's known me for about 10, 15 years or something like that. I me and Joel go way back. I need Joel to point this stuff out in me. I was going to make this a sidebar, but this is where I want to land this morning. I need you, Joel. I need you to tell me this. I need you to encourage me. You notice how I didn't do this by myself? I had to have Bree come up and help me. You have something that needs to be shed away. Don't do it on your own. Do you know why I'm up here this morning? Because of that guy right there. Because Steve McCoy. I don't know if you guys know Steve that well. He's pretty honest about most of his life, I think, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> he makes stuff up <laughs> a little. <bit. laughs> From what I've known about Steve in um, the last five years is that he's credible. Um, he's an awesome guy. He's not a bad guy whatsoever. But he's incomplete. We're all incomplete until we take our last breath. And our goal is to become more com- mature and complete and looking and being more like Christ. So a couple years ago, two, three years ago, a good friend of Steve sat him down, looked him in the eye and loved him in love and compassion. Does Steve, you lack courage? And I can speak for him because I've seen it. He didn't take it lightly. He didn't say, well, that's not that important. You know, I'm doing all this other stuff okay. Who cares? You know what he picked up and went? He ran with it as Timothy watched Paul, I see you, dude. It's serious. I've seen how you've grown. You don't care about what people think about you. You tell them. You're honest with your church. You stand for Christ no matter what. I see that in you. This guy who was not courageous three years ago is a roaring lion, if you guys know him. So about three months ago, he sat me down. He looked me in the eye and he loved me. He said, Clay, you lack courage. To say what needs to be said when it needs to be said. And guess what? When he said it, I didn't get defensive. I didn't freak out because I saw it in him. He's done it. He's pulled his weight and he's become more mature and complete. And this morning I can stand here. This freaks me out. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a lot more comfortable with stuff in my hands and singing to you. This is like a lab for me. Clay, you like courage. Like, all right, let's throw you up on stage with the microphone and see what happens. But I know that I can be more mature and complete because he did. And guys, that is the crux. That is the reason we are here this morning. It's all because of Jesus. It's all, obviously, that's that's all assumed and that's that's our foundation. But we're here to be more like Christ, not just to look like him. And Steve is not just a disciple maker. He's a disciple and still learning. And as soon as he's like the most courageous person in the world, he's going to have something else. He's working on something right now. He tells you about it every week. So I'm up here this morning standing in front of you letting you know that I'm working on courage. And I've got men surrounding me that tell me what it looks like and they show me what it looks like. You guys are blessed if you didn't know it already. You've got a guy who does what he says. Everything has infinite credibility. I know that I could be more courageous because you're a mighty warrior, but thank you. I'm going to sing with a guitar, not right now, but um, the best thing I know to do, the best way to communicate is lead worship. It's just what I do, so we're going to go back into some worship. Um, I'll encourage you, um, respond in whatever way that you want, and that sounds kind of vague, but... A lot of times everybody feels like they have to stand up and sing together. Sometimes I ask you to do that. But a lot of times when I don't ask you, that standing up serves as like an act of worship in and of itself. Because some of you are trying to shed away the dignity that you have in your heart. Like, what's this person going to think if I stand up? So this morning, I encourage you to respond however you want. Use this as prayer. I say it so many times, I'm making it a cliche, but sing these songs as prayers. Strip everything away until all I have is you. Really think about it this morning. Don't be distracted by anything around you. going I invite the band back up, we're going to go back into it. But um, I encourage you this morning, don't be distracted by anything. Search your heart this morning. Ask for the Holy Spirit to show you things that you can't see. Because there's something. There's something. There's always a way to become more mature and complete the reason we have at groups. is the reason we do that Steve has spent years, thousands of hours in exchange and discipleship. We want to look more like Christ. I pray this morning for myself, for you guys, that you'll be willing to strip everything away, whatever it is that defines you. So, thanks for listening, guys.
0: So powerful. As they're getting ready to, um, to worship, uh, get prepared to, to lead us in worship, Clay asked me to come and pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God, for looking at us and loving us. When humanly speaking, others may look at us and see just the surface things, things we've promoted, as Clay said this morning, so so appropriately our jobs, our reputations, our habits, good or bad. You look at us and love us at such a deeper level, God. And today, as we close our time together, not only in worship, but in a time of examination, perhaps there's one shade of of, of change today that you want to paint, God. Perhaps there's one detail in our life that you've been hoping to turn our eyes towards so that we could see it so that we could surrender it tangibly, God, not just conceptually so as we prepare our hearts, God to, to open ourselves to you Father, we again depend on the Holy Spirit and ask for, it for you, God we, we don't have to ask for you to love us, God you already do we don't have to ask for you to look at us you already do what we ask God today <clears throat> is that you would give us an openness of heart because sometimes we take the choice of closing off. And so God, I pray for, for, the, for each person sitting in this room that there will be an openness of heart to strip away God. Maybe that one thing, to, to strip everything is difficult, but that one thing. That's the one thing that you ask this rich young ruler, just that one thing today. And so, God, search our hearts. We open ourselves, God. We open ourselves to you. So whatever you want to shave off to fall to the ground, strip it away, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.